Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. Dog, what's going on, Poppy? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, you know, another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. You get a dollar? No, I get like twenty-five cents. No, I was kind of being optimistic. Uh, no, I do not get a dollar. I just get like I get paid, just just not like a lot. You know what I'm saying? I get paid an already chewed bubble gum. Like I'm not I, like I don't even get like a fresh like pack of like Trident layers. You remember those commercials? I do. Yeah, getting paid in Trident layers. Yeah, I already get I get the already chewed bubble gum. Yeah, isn't that just isn't that just a goddamn shame? Already chewed five gum. <laughs> <laughs> how how it choose to feel five gum, <laughs> dude? Some of those commercials like making fun of this. How of it the... choose to five gum feel? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, some of, some of them are a fucking riot, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh man, it's so funny, so damn funny, dude. Just like you don't see like bubble gum commercials anymore. No. Yeah, unfortunately not. Then, like, then again, though, I really don't watch a whole lot of live TV unless like the Ravens are playing or some shit like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I watch like ESPN or I'll watch like you know I'll watch like Get Up or or something mm. like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm like legitimately I'm watching Get Up or I'm watching football. That's it. Like as far as live TV goes, that's it. I also watch All American TV show on the CW, but I record that and watch it. Mm. Yeah, so you just. Skedaddling through the uh, commercials and shit through the yeah. commercials, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really it. Uh, sorry for <laughs> we did we did not forget you guys last weekend. I just I just want to throw that out there. I don't know how many of you all saw the uh, the Instagram post. Um, I had a shit ton of homework to do this week. My professor does not believe in people having free time outside of her course. Um, and we're coming down to the end of the semester, so I have two final projects to do. And I have busy work on top of it, plus working full time. Uh, doing the Tuesday episode was just not in the cards this week. Also, cannot do it next Tuesday too. Well, that's all right. Is, Since is, we're closed uh, Thursday for Thanksgiving, we we also have all Friday for Black Friday, so we are swamped Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So in order to get off Friday, I had to pick up hours on Tuesday. Right. So yeah. That is what it is. No, ain't no thing, man. And I mean, of course, last week we did we we had all intentions of doing our own version of college game day from Morgantown, West Virginia. Brought the equipment and everything. Brought the equipment and everything, but it did not work out that way. Did it's, not get out of the bag. It rained on the way up to Morgantown, so we didn't get there incredibly early. And then game day. So so if you've never been to a game at Morgan in in Morgantown, West Virginia to see the Mountaineers play, it's definitely an experience. Um you know, it is a very live atmosphere there. That was yeah, that was my first college football game. That was my first college football game as well. Um you know, college football is definitely a whole lot different than it is with the NFL. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's like it's totally the, different. Like the NFL is so much more serious. Like very very serious. Like if you've ever been to a Raven if if you've ever been to a Ravens game, like there's not like a whole lot of nonsense going on on the on the board, nothing like that. Um, 
Same thing. Same thing if you go to a Commanders game. I know you haven't been to a Commanders game before. Technically, neither have I. But that'll, that'll change next Sunday. Yes, it will. Um, but in the past, when I went to Redskins games, when I went to the Washington Football Team games, now when I go to a Commanders game, there's like no nonsense. But like twenty minutes into being there, they showed that beaver on the screen that like screams, and it like ah! yeah, and it, and like like everybody in the stadium just like was like cracking up laughing. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Um. But no, uh, Morgantown, um, first time you and I have ever been there, I can already justifiably say, without a shadow of, of a doubt, that will be the last time you ever catch my ass in Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep, I can say that I've been there. Yeah. Some of the people were very nice. Uh, some of the people were not so nice. So this is the thing. So, of course, the adults knew how to be adults. The adults knew how to be adults, and the college kids knew how to be college kids. Yeah, I mean, everybody acted accordingly. Right. Except for the person behind us. Yeah, so, okay, okay well, I don't, I don't want to get I don't want to get into them just yet. What I, what I want to get into is, this is what happened. Okay, so number one, um, Holman's lovely girlfriend, Sarah, found a very, very nice Airbnb, which may or may not have been, but, but definitely, definitely was, was haunted. <laughs> there was screams coming from the hallway at 3 o'clock in the morning. Until about three thirty, twice, two nights in a row, both nights. Oh yeah, there was the, uh, yeah, it was def may or may not have been, but definitely was haunted. Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um. So that so that is what it is. Um. It was in an old. So we stayed in like an old schoolhouse, which was weird to begin with, in the mountains of West Virginia, with a playground, out where the fucking bathroom out behind where our bathroom view is. So, yeah, that place was scary. If you guys have ever seen a scary movie, this is what it looks like. Yeah, we were definitely in, like, the scene of, like, a haunted, like, a, like a scary movie. Um, uh, I just got Adam Schefter's tweet of who's out for in the NFL this week. Well, it's Friday, Adam, so we don't really care just yet. Um, But, um, yeah, so we go to the game. We get breakfast beforehand. That is what it is. That was a really good bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, that smacked. My coffee was burnt, though. Well, yeah, I think everybody's coffee kind of sucked. Except for me. I didn't get coffee. Hey, your coffee wasn't that bad. Yeah, but that is what it is. <laughs> um, but the problem was, with the whole experience was that it was about a 20% chance of rain throughout the entire game. And, it was, and the weather was supposed to be at about 50 on the nose. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't going to be an, an, an incredibly warm day. But it started. It wasn't even supposed to rain until like the second half of the game. Like the right. first hour or so of the game, we were supposed to be good. And then it progressively like got make it moved up and moved up and moved up until there was a chance for the entire game. And by God, it rained the whole game. The whole time. It got frigid cold. Oh, yeah, it was cold as shit. And then it started getting windy. <clears throat> Yeah, that wind was a bitch. So we didn't really dress accordingly for rain. Without the rain, I think all four of us would have been fine. Yes. And see, this is the thing. Rain in itself, I can handle. Cold. The cold in itself, I can handle. The wind in itself, I can handle. Not thrilled about that one, though. I'm not thrilled about the wind. That, that's, a little, that's a little bit of a bitch. Um, but when you combine all three... That was just like <laughs> frozen to the to the bones. 
Like, it was so bad. We had, and, and of course, everybody in their, like, so many people were trying to get Uber and Lyft. That was our, that was our means of transportation while we were there, just because, of course, we're not local. We don't really know how everything works. So we had somebody just drive us. That knows, that knows the that, business. Yeah, exactly. That knows it a little bit better than us. Um, but so many people were trying to call for Ubers and Lyfts after the game that we had to take shelter inside of a fucking convenience store. Yeah, that was wild. And then we, we, I came up with the great idea of hiding in the IHOP and getting some dinner while we just wait for everything to calm down, which was a good call. They had the best hot chocolate I've ever had. That was the best hot chocolate I've ever had in my life. I don't know if it was because I was so cold or if it was just that dang good. It may have been a little column A, a little column B, in all, in all honesty. A lot of it had to do with the whipped cream on top. You know the whipped cream, like, it, like it never made it like overly hot, right? So it was, so it was always like cool the whole time. But yeah, um, to sum it, to sum it up, we went there for my man Holman's birthday, um, for Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. Holman, happy belated. Thank you, brother. Even though I already told you happy birthday on the day of, um, and probably gave me the middle finger shortly after. I gave you the middle finger once or twice that day, <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Also, just want to give a shout out to to my girlfriend Sarah for the phenomenal seats. Yeah, they were really damn good seats. They were on the they were on the West Virginia sideline, about the twenty five, about the twenty five yard line, thirteen rows from the field. Yeah, I mean we were right up on there. Yeah, so they were they were really really <clears throat> damn good seats, and they also and also the problem about the whole thing was that with <sighs> the rain, the wind. And the cold. We had to sit on metal bleachers. Yeah, they don't have like uh they don't have seats. Like it's, it's like the the metal bleachers that you go to a, like a high school and sit on. Right. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, yeah. Def definitely a big old pain in the ass. But most college stadiums are that way. See, I, I didn't know that. Never yeah. been. Yeah, most college stadiums don't have actual seat seats, they just have bleachers. Yeah. So that was our first college football game. That was also, both of our first time being the fans of the away team. Yeah. And both of us have come to the realization that now we can see why fights happen at sporting events. Yeah. So, something that Homo was alluding to a little er like a little earlier before we started talking about the game a little more. Um, there was a... I mean, we were, we were like right in enemy territory. The entire row behind us was West Virginia fans... Um, everybody in front of us was West Virginia fans. There was a row, like, there was four, there was four gentlemen, like, three rows in front, er, in front of us who you could tell were from Norman. Yeah. Because, like, of course, we thought it was okay at the time. Hoodie, sweatpants. I had a long sleeve underneath. I didn't plan that far ahead, but that is what it is. Um, and we were cool, but they were, like, winter jackets. With the ponchos. Hoodie underneath. Hoodie underneath. Like, you could tell that they were not from the East Coast. And if, and if they were, they just knew something that we didn't. Yeah, they were, they were layered up a little bit more than we were. And uh, I think it's just because like, they were from Oklahoma. And they're not used to the cold weather. Like, this right, kind of weather. Right. Um, but yeah, we were definitely in enemy territory. The dude behind us was very worried about what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And what we do with our lives. On multiple occasions, he made an emphasis to tell the people he was sitting with that we're fake Oklahoma fans. So, of course, everybody so everybody who listens to the show knows that I'm not an Oklahoma fan. You're an Ohio State fan. Right. I'm, an Ohio I'm also glad you only brought that up once. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uber driver was getting ready to fucking hop out the whip and throw hands with you. I don't. I would have kicked her ass. You would have kicked her ass. I would have. I would have thrown her down. The, I would have thrown her down the hill. Um, I would have thrown her off the mountain. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so the guy behind us made an emphasis to say that we that we were bandwagon fans, and we were not real Oklahoma fans. Which number one. I'm just gonna say it. Oklahoma's cheeks is here, dude. They're not good. It is what it is. Oklahoma, Oklahoma's cheeks is here. It is what it is. It's it, like it's a brand new coaching staff, brand new coach. Right. You lose your you lose your head coach, who is a top three coach in college football. You lose your starting quarterback, who is going to be a top five draft pick in his rightful draft class. Right. You lose your defensive coordinator. Yep. You lost I mean, your offensive coordinator. You lost your offensive coordinator. Yep. Like an entirely new coaching staff. You lost your main piece on offense. I mean, both your both your quarterbacks transferred. Yeah. Mordecai. Spence. He doesn't count. Well, he's still doing better right now than Dylan Gabriel. That's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, yeah, we lost a lot of big pieces. But, like you said, he was – or I'm sorry, I'll let you continue. I'll let you continue. We're, we're asked this year. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, so the fact that so the fact that you can say that somebody is a bandwagon fan um, for showing up to support a team that sucks that just makes no sense. Showing up to support a team that's having a, having a down year. Yep. In shit weather. Yeah. But like I said, what like why are you worried about what we're doing? Right. So he's so he said that the he said that when Holman was sitting there. And then after Holman got up to go use the restroom and they got him and Sarah got hot chocolate, hot chocolate and shit. Um, he then said they're not real Oklahoma fans, like quietly enough to not make a scene, but loud enough to where I could hear it. That was how he said it the first time too to me. Right. Like loud enough that like I could hear it, but not like super loud that it was like overly obvious. Right. And see, and see, like the thing is like, like end of the end of the day. Holman specifically, he know he knows where his alliance stands. I have nothing to prove to him. He, exactly, he has absolutely nothing to prove to him. But like, in the same in the same right, you almost want to turn around and say, "Who like who do you think you're talking to?" No, no, no. I wanted to turn around and be like, "Hey, man, are you okay? Like, I'm just checking in, making sure you're good, because you seem to be like real worried about us up here." Instead of just worrying about yourself back there, so I'm just checking in, making sure you're good, and like, are we good? Like, you're really worried about us. Yeah, like like last I checked, we're okay. Maybe you think differently. Can you like like do you like want to tell me? Like 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 are we okay? Like if it's not like we were being uh we were being like obnoxious. No, no. Like Eric Gray broke off two long runs. Marvin Mims had a long like a long catch, mm-hmm. none of which went for a touchdown. But like I stood up and cheered when those happened. We right. scored a touchdown. I stood up and cheered. JT Daniels threw an interception. I stood up and cheered. Like it's not like it's not like I was doing anything like crazy. No, it's not. It's not like you were obnoxious or anything like that. It's just I cheered for my team when my team made a good play. Bingo, exactly. And and really, and really, nobody can say anything about that. Like it, like it is what it is. Like if like if you were mad about somebody else cheering for their respective sports team, then shame on you. Yeah, and then we were leaving, so the game was over at this point. Just I mean, it wasn't over, but it was over. West Virginia was getting ready to hit a little cheap shot, like chip shot field goal to win the game 23 to 20 um 
and we decided we were going to roll out a little early, kind of beat the beat the rush out of the stadium. And we're leaving, and some dude goes, he looks at me, he goes, where's your mom? I looked at him, I was like, same place I left her, in the cemetery. <laughs> he just fucking looked at me, I'm like, dude, I'm messing with you. And he like shook my hand, he's like, brother, and I'm like, ah, it is what it is. Um, also, when we were leaving, the dude's right behind us, they were like, oh, better luck next year. I'm like, I'm like yeah, we suck this year, good job. <laughs> you're, you're even worse. Right. And then uh, some uh, some broad behind the dude that was like, where's your mom? I was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm leaving. It's fucking cold. Yeah. There's 10 seconds left on the game. You're going to be leaving in 30 seconds, too. Yeah. You got me, though. You got me. <sighs> yeah. Tr- yeah. Fucking. Whew. You really. <laughs> you showed me. He brought the burners <laughs> on that one, shawty. God damn. Yeah. Um idiot and then even when we were in the parking lot like there was like we were just standing there trying to like figure out an uber and like there were some people like thanks for coming legitimately they walk by and they're like yeah thanks for coming hope you had a good time the adults the the adults and like there was there was one adult who said to who said to us who shouted that as he was walking past with his kids oklahoma sucks and i turned around and said hey that's not nice we tried our best and he like laughed and he like kept walking. Yeah, but there was a lot of people that were like, "Fuck Oklahoma, go back to fucking Norman." I'm like, "Oh, do do you feel better? Yeah, do you feel better about yourself? Do do you feel better? I'm from Maryland, <laughs> right? Would I, you like to see the tattoo on my arm? <laughs> right, right. I but I you know it took me a little bit <clears throat> to understand exactly why, um, West Virginia fans were over the fucking moon. About why, uh, about why they beat Oklahoma. Uh, so, well, number one, they haven't been very good since Davon Austin left. Yes, uh, they are also currently after this win, three and eleven against Oklahoma. Yeah, they've beaten us three times in the fourteen times that we've played. Do you also know that uh, that's what happens when you go three and eleven against somebody? Yeah, yeah, they suck. Uh, you know they've never won a national championship. Yep, do that. Do you know they've... Uh, they should have. They got cheated out of one. I'll be the first one to say it. They yeah. should have. Doesn't matter. Don't have it. They've only played in 39 bowl games, too. Mm-hmm. They don't, they've never spent a week as the AP number one team in the nation. But see, this is the thing. Like, like, like of course, Oklahoma had this long, glorious run when they were... Who was the, who the hell was the coach at the time? It was when, it was when Brian Bosworth was there. Like yeah. that that whole era in the seventies and eighties, them and Nebraska, they were the two best teams in the country. Year every, in year out, year in year out, by far best teams. No one could fuck with them. Yeah, do, like am I supposed to? Was I supposed to be a fan back then of Oklahoma to be a real Oklahoma fan? Was I supposed to be a, a fan of Oklahoma in the seventies? Apparently, you were. I was born in ninety five. That's your fault. Shame on me. Yeah, that's your fault. You should you should have been there for that, man. That's on me. You should have. But but you know, then again, you know, Oklahoma has has had all of these huge names in college football. They've had multiple Heisman Trophy winners. Multiple? Yes. Sam Bradford, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Baker? Kyler? Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> I I meant, I meant like, well, I guess I guess I was missing a good bit then. Okay, never mind. Um, but you know they've had all these players who've who've gone on to have, you know, great success in the NFL. 
um, you know, national champions. They've had they have coached in the Hall of Fame. Some of the biggest some of the biggest names in all of college football. Yeah. Um, and then you look at Morgantown, West Virginia, who's in the mountains, who. You know, they like they they don't they don't get those blue chip prospects like Oklahoma does. They, I mean, they didn't back then. They still don't now. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, <clears throat> I'm not here to shit on Morgantown. Uh, like I said, some of the that, fans, place, that place is scary. I didn't like it. That I didn't. I did not like it there. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to give a quick, uh, a, just a quick, 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 quick. Um, Reminder to the people of Morgantown that that John Denver song <laughs> is about Maryland. It's not about you. Not about West Virginia. Yeah. So I don't know who needs to hear that. Just wanted to let you know it's actually not about you. So you're not the main character. I'm sorry. Yeah. But you tried, and that's what matters. That is what matters. Can we talk about uh, the old lady that damn near fell into us? Yeah, so... <laughs> it was just wild, Again, dude. we were standing there just waiting, just trying to call an Uber, and here comes this broad. Takes a step off the curb. 78 plus. Oh, she was definitely 80. She... <laughs> she, she was... <laughs> I don't know why, but the way you said that was just so damn funny. She was, she was, she was definitely over the age of seventy-five, and she definitely had over seventy-five percent of alcohol in her body. Oh, dude, she was, yeah, she was, she, she was, was she was every bit of fucked up as I've seen an old woman before. I don't know what that means. I don't like that either. But she ste- she stepped off the step off the, off the sidewalk. Yeah, almost falls into our our girlfriends. <laughs> And all, all she had to say was, <laughs> "I don't know who was her. It was it her grandson, her godson. I don't remember either. It was she one had of a those family two. member play at Oklahoma in the '80s and win two national championships, and won two national titles. So she was torn on who she wanted to win the game. She couldn't lose. Then she promptly turned around, got back on the sidewalk, and disappeared." Yeah, she started like falling forward. I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 easy. <laughs> she was a loose cannon, dude. Yeah, so that that place that place is um confusing. I've experienced it once. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um. Also, that drive kind of sucked. That drive's not fun. It's not fun. It's so much further than I thought. It really is. I'd rather go to Happy Valley. That might be next. I'm, dude, I'm in. Like going to a college game was a lot of fun. Like that yeah, was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, don't get me wrong. It it is a lot of fun. It, you know, it would be it would be fun to experience all these like <clears throat> all these all these nice marquee stadiums. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um like just just to, just to see all these places that are held in such high regard throughout the entire sporting world. I mean, you look at Happy Valley up in PA. Um the big house in Michigan. That'd be a fun one to go to too. Um the shoe, yeah. Neilan, mm-hmm. Bryant Denny, um, Death Valley, LSU. That's one that I want to go to. I mean, all of those stadiums that I just named—they all hold a hundred thousand plus people. Yeah, and they sell out game after game, game after game. <clears throat> yeah, 
Insane, right? I mean, I mean, at, at at the West Virginia game alone, we had three different people sitting the sitting the rows in front of us. Oh yeah. So I mean, like, like yes, that like that's that's a fun atmosphere. It's like it's it's interesting, um, to go to a place like that. But like, just imagine going to one of the blue blood, like one of the blue chip schools in the country. Dude, I mean, I'm in. I mean, even going to some place like Oklahoma, going um. Going to um, what the hell's that stadium called? Gaylord? What? <laughs> I I know it's uh I know it involves Gaylord. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know, I don't know the full extent of the name of the Oklahoma football stadium. Head to Norman. To Norman, yeah. Be fun. Even even going to um, Texas. Yep. That would that 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 would be fun. Be a lot of fun. Like like my goal is to eventually travel to all thirty two NFL stadiums. Be a lot of fun. That that would be a lot of fun. Um, at this point, I may have to start. I may have to start hitting some sooner rather than later because new stadiums will, of course, be built. Um, old stadiums will be torn down, so on and so forth. But, um, but going to stadiums like like those stadiums that I just mentioned, they are all going to stand the test of time. Yeah, they'll keep like refurnishing them to yeah. uh, make them bigger and modern, modernized, yeah. all that stuff. Um, they're just going to keep getting, I mean, they're going to just, all those stadiums are going to stand the test of time because all those stadiums that I just mentioned, football is king. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan does love, uh, the big house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, the Lions suck. Michigan State sucks. Red Wings aren't very good. The Red Wings aren't very good. The tires are bad. Pistons kind of suck. The Pistons aren't great. What else do they have? Not much. Nothing. Do they have an MLS team? Hmm, maybe. They're probably not very good either. Probably not. Um. Um. Let's keep it. Let's keep it pushing here with college football. Well, I mean, we might as well while we're already we've yeah. already talked so much about it. So uh, Tuesday, the uh, the new CFP rankings have come out. I believe this is what the second, yeah, edition of it. Second or the third? One <clears> of the two. <throat> second or the third? Well, I can tell you in a second. I think it's the second. Um, no, it is the third. It is the third. Yeah, because TCU was out, then TCU was in. Tennessee Tennessee was number one on the first ranking. Yes, they were. Um, so with the new CFP rankings, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU are one through four. Nothing has changed there. Uh, Tennessee stays put at five. LSU moves up one to six. USC moves up one to seven. Alabama moves up one to eight. Clemson moves up one to nine, and Utah moves up three to ten. Yeah, that all that all stems from Oregon dropping six spots with their loss to Washington, uh, which was a which was I mean, and and if you look down five spots from Oregon, there is Washington who jumped eight spots into number seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the CFP is really playing out in a really interesting way here this season. Um. I mean, if if you would have told me, or when the year started, that um, 
you know, by the time teams are getting ready to play their 11th game of the year, that there'd be a two-loss team that has a legitimate argument to be a part of the CFP. I yeah, think I tell you, you're high. I'd call you. I'd call you crazy. Yeah, I tell you, you're high. Um, but like Holman said, one through four, no changes. Um, really, one through five. Yeah, one th- one through five, no changes. I mean, even after, I mean, even watching. Tennessee handled business the way they did in their in, in their win over over this past weekend, um, and TCU kind of struggling against Texas. Um, you could have made an argument to flip flop them there, but ten though outweighs the way that you're beating teams now at this point. The um, it, as long as long as TCU stays undefeated, they're going to be um, in the CFP. Yeah, well, they beat a ranked Texas team. Yes, where they held Bijan Robinson, the overwhelming number one running back in the country, in, in the draft wise, draft wise, yeah, dra- yeah, draft wise, per- performance wise. It, I mean, this year it's Blake Corum, it's Blake but, Corum, yeah, but ta- talent wise, yeah, um, yeah, and in the upcoming draft, it's going to Bijan Robinson should be, will be, yeah, will be. Well, you never know. I think the only one that really has a, has a realistic chance is going to be um, Jameer Gibbs. I agree. That's just because Alabama has a track record of producing very, very good running backs. Right. Anywho, Bichon Robinson had like twenty nine or thirty nine yards carrying. Yeah. So I mean, TCU's defense is is um is pretty good. Um, the offense kind of sputters, but when they get going, I mean, that's a that's a really really dangerous offense. Um, you know, I we just talked about it a little a little bit Michigan with Blake Corum. They handled business last week. I forget who they played. Um, uh, but they have a they have a. A, a very interesting matchup this weekend with Illinois, um, uh, Blake Corum, and I forget the guy's name who's the running back for Illinois. Who's he? he but he leads he leads the country in rushing yards. Uh, be a very interesting game to see how that plays out. Um, number two, Ohio State. They're traveling to my other team in College Park. So Ohio State and Maryland this weekend at three thirty. Michigan played Nebraska last week and beat them thirty four to three. I know they waxed them. Yep. I, I know. I know it wasn't close. Yep, they beat them thirty four to three. Um, but Ohio State is going to College Park to play the Terps. Um, Maryland kind of looking to get revenge from the last time Ohio State was in town. Had an opportunity to win the game until the attack of Iloa missed a wide open receiver. Like could not have been any more wide open. And you missed him. And we lost. Ooh. Maryland lost, but Ohio State won, so I still won. Um, You're like the old lady from the game. I really am. I yeah. can't lose today. I can't. Yeah, I, I really. For real. get drunk and stumble off the curb. I know. Crack your fucking head open. That's how you lose. That's how you lose. <laughs> um, And then Georgia, of course, they took care of business last, last weekend as well. Um, They get to travel to Lexington to take on the Wildcats in Kentucky. Um, TCU plays Baylor, Tennessee plays South Carolina, and LSU, just around at the top six, plays UAB. So, um, so I ask you this, um, do you think there's any realistic chance that the top six changes this week? Because every, everybody kind of does have a weaker matchup. I think really the toughest matchup that a team has is Michigan versus Illinois, just because Illinois' defense is playing so well this season. Do you think there is a possibility that we could see a change within the top six? Um, let me see. Among the top six, I do believe so. Yeah, I think there. I think there is a. There's a chance for it. Um, TCU plays Baylor at Baylor, 
I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I know Baylor isn't the same Baylor that uh, won the Big 12 championship last year. Baylor's still a pretty good team. Mm. Um, and then, like you said, um, Baylor does have a top 50 offense and a top 50 def- and a top 50 defense. So, yeah, I mean, they're not they're not bad. Mm. Right. Um, <clears throat> then, like you said, uh, Ohio State going into Maryland. I think Ohio State does does ultimately pull this one out, but it could be a little bit of a tougher matchup than what people think. Maryland does have a pretty good offense if they can get it clicking and get it going. Um, they do have a lot of playmakers there on the outside. They, um, exactly. With exactly. Copeland, Jarrett, Dante Demas, um, and even... Um, uh, what is the running back's name for Maryland? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sorry. Roman. Um, Roman Heavy. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, Illinois traveling into the big house, going into Michigan. Um, one thing that does travel very very well is defense. Mm-hmm. Defense travels very very well. Illinois has one of the best defense, if not the best defense, the number two defense in the country. Coming against that high flying Michigan offense, this is gonna be a big test. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a very big test before Michigan, I believe, has to play Ohio State next weekend. Maryland's def- or Michigan's defense is number one. Michigan's defense is number one. So, Illinois is number two. Yeah, so it's a battle of the top two defenses in the country this weekend. There you go. Um, I think Michigan pulls it out just because Michigan does have the better offense. And they are at home. And they are at home. But I, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think there could, I think there could potentially be, uh, be a change here. I think Michigan might struggle. You might see Tennessee bump in. Really? Could potentially. Um, so the more, I th- the more I think about it, I think there will be a change this weekend within the top six. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know about the top four, but the top six for sure. Um, and really the game that I look at with a change is, um, is us is number us number seven, USC taking on number 16, UCLA, um, in UCLA. Um, that's not really necessarily a home game or an away game for USC. Yeah, what's that, 10 minutes up the road for him? Right, yeah, nothing too crazy at all. Um, but USC is sitting there at 9-1. and one. If they do happen to beat a ranked opponent in UCLA this weekend, um, I think they have the possibility to jump, U- uh, jump LSU in front of them just because I think a 10-1 and one record against a lesser... Um, Against a lesser Big Ten, Big Twelve or Pac Twelve, is going to outweigh a nine and two record against a superior SEC. Because ultimately, I do think LSU does beat UAB this weekend, and I do think USC does beat UCLA. So I think I think really I think really the the most likely change is going to be six and seven just going to uh, flop. Let me let me ask you. You put them on a neutral field, LSU versus USC. You know that's tough. That's really tough because you know USC does have that high flying offense. You kind of alluded to it earlier uh, with Caleb Williams. When he does eventually come out come out of college football, he is going to be a top five pick in his own regard. Um, he does have the potential to even be the number one pick in his respective in his respective draft class. USC has lost Travis Dye though. Yeah that 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 is a big hit, but. Um, you know, ultimately, the fact that USC still does have Jordan Addison, they still have Caleb Williams, and of course, they are still coached by Lincoln Riley. I think ultimately, you put them on a neutral field. I think USC would end up pulling it out. Um, you know, USC's defense is not very good. 
Um, no, 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 no. That, they're not good at all. And that's one thing that um, is synonymous with a um, Pac-12 team. I didn't like the way that sounded at all. Turn your mic around, dude. Mic's backwards. Well, it works on both sides. Well, it didn't that time. I know. I don't know why. But now, it's definitely louder now, right? Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, not, not even just a Pac-12 team, but with a uh, Lincoln-Riley team. Defense is not synonymous with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's never been able to really put together a uh, a defense. But with that said, you know it's kind of it's kind of like the same way the Warriors were when they were winning their when they won three out of four. You know, of course their defense was really really good that year too. But um, their whole thing is okay. You may score X, but we know we'll score more. Yeah, you can score one fifteen. That's fine. We're gonna score one twenty three. Exactly. So you know, I think LSU's. LSU is probably built a little bit better of a team, but I don't know if they're built to withstand the constant firepower that USC is going to, is going to bring with Lincoln Riley. I think LSU would beat USC on a on a neutral field. Do you? Yeah, I think the physicality that they bring on defense um, is something that uh, USC just wouldn't really know what to do with. I mean, also don't don't forget LSU does have Brian Kelly a coach. Like, it's not like they just have some, some bum off the street that just kind of, like, put together a playbook off Madden. Yeah, no. no Maybe that, Brian Kelly did. I don't know. Who, who I'm knows? not ruling it out. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly is a, is a hell of a coach. Um, LSU um, is definitely a very well-coached team. Um, you know, they're ranked number six in the country for a reason. Yeah, they had a little bit of a rocky start to the season, but, you know, they've they've turned it around. Yeah, 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 they definitely have. Um you know, I mean, they they are they are a hell of a team. Um, you know, I mean, their big blemish on the year is just the losses they suffered to Florida State. I mean, outside of that, you know, they're they're one their one major loss this season was just getting fucking crushed by Tennessee, um, who was the hottest team in the country at the time. I mean, they still are. If if, if you ask me, um, I still think Tennessee is offensively at least the best team in the country um of course of course the defense lacks and of course you know the ranking the overall team statistics they hold they hold up with my claim of them being the number one offensive team in the country um but you know with having Hendon Hooker there you know Tennessee um you know Tennessee's gonna Tennessee's gonna stick around and honestly I think they're the one team that People don't want to see get in the CFP. I think they ultimately sneak in. I think they'll ultimately sneak in too. I think they'll sneak in because their one loss is going to be to Georgia. Yep. Um, I think after you see Georgia, after you see them win the SEC championship against LSU, they're going to move in. Um, obviously, Michigan and Ohio State play each other. I believe it's next week. Next week, yeah. So one of them has to lose. Yeah, something's got to give there. Um, you know that. You know, Michigan and Ohio State. You know, of course, they're number two and number three in the country. But you know, whose whose loss would outweigh more? One of their losses to each other, or Tennessee's loss to Georgia? You know, which one is going to be more impactful to um to what they have going on? I mean, if you if you look at Ohio State, you look at Michigan, look at the teams that they've played. They don't have the win that Tennessee does. Hear me out here. It'd be a lot of fun. I don't think it happens, but it'd be a lot of fun. Mm. 
Georgia won. Mm-hmm. Do you think Georgia goes undefeated? Yes. I think they handle Kentucky this week. Yes. I don't know. What, I don't know who they play next week though. Couldn't tell you. Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's a win. And then they get LSU in the SEC championship, <clears throat> which has already been confirmed. Yeah, that's already yeah, that, that's happening. So hear me out here. Georgia won. Okay. I think Ohio State handles business against Michigan. Yep. Plays in the Big Ten championship. I, I agree. And wins as well. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> I I mean over overall, I just think Ohio State's a, a superior team to Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan does have the best off that uh, does have the best defense in the country. I will give them that. But offensively and defensively, statistic wise, Ohio State ranks inside the top ten in both. Yeah. So hear, hear me out. There's not a lot of teams in the country that can say that. Hear me out here, because it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Georgia one. Yep. Ohio State two. Mm-hmm. Tennessee three. Michigan four. So then you get Michigan versus Georgia and Ohio State versus Tennessee. Are you saying that's okay? So let me ask you this. Just it's just a hypothetical. Like, what do you think would happen? It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, truthfully, truthfully, best four teams in the country. That that those are the best four teams in the country. I like TCU. It's a great story. They've had the winning track record. But let's be honest. On a neutral field, TCU versus Tennessee. Tennessee slaughtering them. TCU versus Michigan. I like Michigan. TCU versus Ohio State. I like Ohio State. TCU versus Georgia. It's over after quarter one. I like TCU. They're from my conference. I want them to do well. <clears throat> Truthfully. Can I tell you a team who's going to get shockingly close to getting into the CFP? I know who you're going to say it. Who's that? UNC. Drake May. Freshman quarterback. They're going to get shockingly close. They're going to win the ACC. I think they will. So, so, so here's, the, here's the thing with North Carolina. So, Holman, Holman just said it. Remember the name Drake May. Remember that name. Mark my words. When he comes out of, when he comes out of college in two years, because he'll leave as a junior, um, he will be the number one overall pick. Yes. This kid. This he kid can legit. play football. He is legit. Yeah. I mean, you go from Sam Howell, who's arguably the best quarterback in team history. Yeah. Who I couldn't name another UNC quarterback, I'll be honest. Neither could I. And on yeah. And all in all honesty, <laughs> couldn't I couldn't tell I, you. I, I, I couldn't either. Um this kid is off the fucking charts. Yeah, this this kid is having just one hell of a season. Right now, this is a true freshman. This guy was in high school last year. Yeah, he was going to prom last year. He is completing 70% of his passes for 3,400 yards. He's thrown 34 touchdowns to three interceptions. That's insane. That is absolutely nuts. That's not normal for a freshman quarterback. I mean, it does help when you have somebody along the lines of Josh Downs who is, who, you know, heading into the season, you know, it was kind of cut and dry. Jackson Smith and Jigba was going to be the number one overall receiver. But now you have so many guys playing their way into it. Jalen Hyatt, 
Josh Downs, that kid from TCU. Yeah. All three of those guys, they're starting to churn the waters a little bit. That's kind of the wrong thing to say, but he is not a true freshman. Drake May? Was he redshirt? Yeah. He twenty one he was there for the twenty twenty one season. He threw ten he threw ten passes. Okay, he's a redshirt freshman. He was seven to ten for eighty nine yards and a touchdown. So realistically, you could see Drake May enter the NFL draft next year. Realistically, yeah. Oh, just to, just to add to those ridiculous, uh, you know, passing passing statistics. You know, he's also ran for five hundred eighty four yards and five touchdowns. He leads the team in rushing. He has thirty nine total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. This kid's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he has he is legitimately playing his way into the Heisman conversation. And he's 6'4", 220. Like, he's what NFL teams are looking for at quarterback. Yes. Big guy. He kind of looks like Justin Herbert. Yeah. He, he, he kind of does. He kind of does, like, in the face. Yeah. The only problem in North Carolina is that their defense is ranked number 125. That doesn't help the cause. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, but it just further helps his cause. <laughs> his defense is so shitty. But, you know, with with North Carolina, they do play Georgia Tech this weekend. Georgia Tech is not a very highly regarded program. But then they get NC State, who's ranked. And then they play Clemson in the ACC title game. If all holds true. If which all, I, th- it, I think it's already... Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's cut and dry. I think it's lock and key. Yep, that's lock and key now at this point. Um, now at this point, is it's just a matter of, okay, what rank is Clemson going to be when they end up playing? <laughs> they might they might hold hold true at, at 10. What is going on over here? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, my mic's just being all... all well, Clemson, Clemson's number nine right now. Yeah, they might bump down. They might move down one to 10. Um... So let me so so let me let me ask you this, this is kind this is kind of off the top of my head. Um, three weeks from now, who's your final four? This week you have next week, and then you have after the after the conference championship game after the conference championships. Who do you ha- who do you, who do you have competing for that uh for the national title? Georgia, okay, one. Ohio State two. <sighs> Tennessee three. I really don't think they can keep Michigan out. If Michigan's one loss is to Ohio State and Tennessee's one loss is to Georgia, I don't know how you keep them out. I genuinely think that's the top four. I genuinely think Michigan at four, Tennessee at three, Ohio State at two, and Georgia at one. I genuinely believe it. I think those are the four best teams in the in the nation. I could see TCU dropping a game, and that takes them out of contention. Mm. You could make an argument for USC. You could make an argument for LSU if they beat Georgia. That's the only way. If LSU loses to Georgia, which I believe that they will, LSU's out of it. Alabama's out of it. Clemson could win the ACC. Don't think they do. Um, Clemson's resume already has too much of a blemish for them to be able to get back in anyway. Even that, even even if you do finish the season twelve and one, I'll say it here: if Clemson makes the CFP, 
they're making it off of the their brand name and not because they're good. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. So I, I genuinely believe Michigan 4, Tennessee 3, Ohio State 2, Georgia 1. Four best teams in the nation. So I agree with your – I agree with your – Three. You don't agree with four. You think TCU slips in at four? Uh, no. Uh, so so I I agree with the three teams you have there. I don't agree with the order. Okay. I legitimately think Ohio State will end up being the number one team in the country. Think so? I do. Just because you know th- their road to the college football playoff is going to be more difficult than Georgia's. They're going to have an opportunity to add to their resume more than what Georgia can. Because right now, the way that Georgia beat Tennessee, they beat Tennessee in a way that's like, okay. They, like, they handled Tennessee. Ohio State has the opportunity to destroy Michigan. Yeah, but Tennessee was ranked number one when they beat them in, this, in the college football playoff rankings. Very true. Very true. But I think, I think destroying a team that is currently number three in the country is going to outweigh just beating a team. That was number one. Even though Tennessee was never really in it? I don't think Michigan's ever going to be in it against Ohio State. Hey, we, I, we don't know yet. That's very, that's very true. I think I think Illinois is going to give Michigan a lot of trouble this weekend, <clears throat> just because you know, def- like you, like you said, one thing that does travel is defense. The other thing that travels is running the ball. That's what Illinois does very well. That's what Illinois does exceptionally well, and I think they're going to give Michigan a lot of trouble this weekend. Okay, it, it may not show it in the score. I still think Michigan ends up winning probably by two scores. But between ten and fourteen, I think is a comfortable margin for Michigan. I don't think it'll be anything higher than that. Um, so I think I think they'll be a little bit beat up, a little bit bruised, going to Ohio State. And I think they'll get routed. But anyway, but anyway, my my CFP, I think it'll go Ohio State one, Georgia two. So I do agree with Tennessee at three. Okay. And then the team that I think slides in to number four is USC. And my reasoning behind that is if you look at what if you look at what um USC has done, their one loss in the season was a one point loss to on the road to who is now number ten Utah. You and I discussed this before. The way the CFP makes their decision, they go off of what the team has done, what the, where the team is now. Yeah, it's not. I mean, they weigh into what they were when they beat them, but it weighs heavier. It's like, okay, well, where are they now? Right, and 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 since they have played USC or Utah, has climbed higher than when they were, um, than when than when they beat uh, USC. Okay. So ultimately, I think that won't weigh that that won't weigh as much. Um, of course, they play number sixteen UCLA, and then they play number eighteen Notre Dame. 
at that point, they're either going to play Washington, UCLA again, Utah, or Oregon, just depending on how games play out for the Pac-12 title. All of those teams are ranked. All of those teams are playing pretty darn good football. I agree. I think if they if they finish out the season with three straight three straight ranked wins, I think it would be hard to keep them out at this point. Because I do agree with you. I think LSU doesn't doesn't really. Um, I don't think they stand a chance against Georgia in the in the SEC title game. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think uh, TCU has had a little bit too much of a wild hair in their ass to continue to continue at the rate they have been. And ultimately, I think I think Michigan not playing in the Big Ten title game is going to be huge, detrimental to the odds. To them, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean. Just because you're gonna, you are you're already gonna you're already gonna have two SEC teams playing in the in in the CFP. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you can justify. I mean, if if Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, if they go undefeated. Even even if Michigan beats Ohio State, Tennessee's jumping into four. There's no way to justifiably keep them out of four. The only way the only way you can realistically keep them out You can't. You can't you can't can't keep keep them out. You can't keep Tennessee out of the top four. You can't do it. It's it, it it is impossible to keep them out of the top four. Yeah. And you know what? If if I do happen to be wrong about Ohio State, um, and Michigan does beat Ohio State, yeah, I think Ohio State not playing in the Big Ten title game that will kill their chances of a CFP also, because right now they're they're both in the same in the same weight. They haven't really played anybody of note. Yes, Notre Dame. Or yes, they did beat a then number five Notre Dame, and they have and they beat a number thirteen Penn State in Penn State. But I mean, outside of that, they've handled everybody they've played except for Northwestern, and that you can probably attribute to weather. Oh, it was one hundred percent because of weather. Yeah, kickers couldn't even make like a thirty yard field goal because the wind just knocked it down so much it dropped straight down in the end zone. And then I mean if you if you look at what Michigan has done, I mean their number I mean their marquee win on the season is Penn State at home. And they crushed them. They just they just abs- absolutely creamed Penn State. So I mean these these next two games here for Michigan are they're gonna are gonna be their toughest their toughest opponents of the year. And you know, ultimately I think you know the cake schedule that they played in the first the first half of the the first three games of the year. You know I think it will ultimately be the undoing of Michigan because you know you. I mean I kind of alluded to it last episode. They they gave up seventeen points to three games. Mm-hmm. They played three of the worst teams in the country. 
in Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Most of the big schools do that, though. Which which is all which is all good and fine, but then you know, I mean, the only other team that really gave them a run for their money this season was Maryland. Yeah, Maryland actually almost beat them. In weirdly the big, enough, in the big house. Yeah, in the big house. I mean, they beat Iowa by thirteen. They beat Notre, they beat Indiana by twenty one. Of course, they crushed Penn State. They beat Michigan State by twenty two. They crushed Rutgers and they crushed Nebraska. Who doesn't have a head coach? Alt- I mean, ultimately, I don't. I don't think Michigan. I don't think Michigan beats Ohio State. I think Ohio State is leaps and bounds better than better than Michigan. Um, just because they're, like they're deeper, they they have. I think I think the talent level is so much better than, at Ohio State than it is at Michigan. Um, but ultimately, I I agree with the fact that that you think the TCU ends up losing at some point. I don't know when. I don't know. I don't know to who. They may not lose into the Big Twelve title game. Legitimately. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading something about the Commanders here. Very fine. Do your thing. Um. <clears throat> Because right now, if the season ended the day, I believe TCU would play Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. And Kansas, St- Kansas State's defense is really coming alive. They're starting to look really good as well. Um, so I think they would have some trouble against against Kansas State. Yeah, they probably would. Um, I say we, I say we hop over to a little to a little NFL here. We spent we spent a good a good bit on uh, on college football there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. In the in the coming weeks here, and yeah, of course, sure. you know we'll, we'll we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, I'm just I'm just reading this tweet here from Tom Palacero. The Commanders disciplined multiple players after social media videos showed them drinking on the flight back from Monday night's win in Philadelphia. Ron Rivera reached out to the league Tuesday morning and addressed it in a team meeting. No NFL discipline coming. I don't why I don't understand. I don't, I didn't think that was an issue. They're grown ass men drinking on the team plane. I didn't think it was a big deal. Why can't they drink on the team plane? Right. I don't know. Regardless. Interesting. Also, I am I am thankful that I have Terry McLaurin in fantasy this week. Wait, am I going against him in the other money league? Son of a mother. <laughs> Derek Stingley's out this week. Mm. Terry McLaurin's about to have himself a day. They're also going to run all over that fucking defense too. They are. That's why I'm very happy that I has I still have Brian Robinson. He does not have Terry McLaurin. That's the thing, dude. I'm I'm pissed. Right? Kind of talk to me. Because they moved the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns game. I understand why they did. It makes perfect sense. Buffalo was supposed to get anywhere from three to six feet of snow, which is fucking absurd. That's too much damn snow. Also, there's a huge range. <laughs> There's a huge range. Three to six feet, yeah. That's like, that's like uh, you know, you're getting a sofa delivered or Comcast. is like, hey, we're going to be out anywhere from like 8 a.m. to like, yeah, like 8 p.m. <laughs> we'll be out some point today. Couldn't tell you when, but we'll be out. That's how it be, though. That's really how it be. But yeah, we'll get anywhere from three to six feet. That's a big difference. <laughs> like, boy, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? That's a huge fucking difference. Right, yeah. Um. But I'm pissed because I'm going against Stephon Diggs in fantasy this week, and those three to six feet of snow would have really helped keep his numbers down this week, which would have helped me in fantasy football, which I could use a little help right now. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I'm pissed because I'm like, damn it. But now they're playing in Detroit. They moved the game. Mm-hmm. I understand why they did. Um, nobody would be able to find Naheem Hines, Derek Single or Devin Singletary, or Nick Chubb if they got six feet of snow. All of them are under six feet. Yeah. Um, they'd have been like little fucking like moles burrowing through the snow to score a touchdown. That'd be sick. That would be sick. Um, and they they moved it for like fan safety player safety they moved it to detroit it's a smart move makes perfect sense this is why i do not understand why the buffalo bills are building a new stadium and refuse to put a dome on it they said they want it for the competitive advantage i'm sorry but you play in the nfl where everybody has heated benches yeah has those big ass like jet engine warmers yep has the heated mats underneath like the their feet they have those big ass parkas like you're not really getting a competitive advantage. I I didn't understand that. Just put the dome on it. But see, that makes too sense if you do it that way. Makes too much sense. Yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? Exactly. I'm just a fucking moron. You sure are. Uh, so how did we do on uh, schedule predictions last week? Surprisingly, we actually did pretty darn well. Hey. We got we got nine games right. We only got five wrong. So we're uh. And we're already one another this week. So, you know, we're uh, we're looking up. Finally, we are starting to look up. We'll probably shit the bed this week again. But, you know, it's okay because, you know, we're looking up. And uh, we're going to figure it out eventually. Hey, you know what? We got we to gotta come alive at some point. Come alive in the nighttime. Come alive in the nighttime, baby. Um, so, in big news, like we just alluded to, uh, there is no longer any undefeated teams in the NFL. The Washington Commanders went into Philadelphia on Monday Night Football and beat them. So. Yeah, so yeah, great win by the uh, by the Commanders. Um a really emotional win. I don't know if you saw the video of Ron Rivera talking after the game. Um I did. I did see that video. Um something about something about his mom, she just passed or she's sick. I don't I don't know, I don't know the whole extent to it. I don't want to I don't want to say anything and be incorrect about it. I believe that she passed away. I I I believe that was what happened. She did pass. And he got like choked up, and he said she would be so proud of you guys, and then like couldn't, like had to like leave the fucking room. And then Terry McLaurin came in and said, "You see how much it that means to him, right? It should mean that much to the rest of us." Yeah, and now, um, you know they're at a they're at a tough impasse in their season because now they're at a point where Carson Wentz is able to return. My question to you is, who would you go with, Sam Howell? Not Taylor Heineke. No, Sam Howell's my backup. Taylor Heineke's my starter. Oh, got it. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't asking about the fucking... Carson Wentz can keep twiddling his broken thumbs on the fucking bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean honestly, I would, I, would stick with, um, I would stick with Taylor Heineke. They're 3-1 and one under Heineke. Um, Which means they were 2-4 and four under Carson Wentz. Yeah, so they're definitely playing much better. They're playing much more inspired. Which who who did they play in these games? I, I want to look this up now. Um, I actually have it in front of me. Give me one second. I can tell you. Okay, so they beat Jacksonville week one. Yep. They lost in Detroit, thirty six to twenty seven. They got mopped by Philly. By Philly, week three. Dallas and Tennessee. Dallas Which, and Tennessee. They were in that game against Tennessee. They only lost by four. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah, and then they beat Chicago. Beat Green Bay. Well, that was Taylor Heineke. Right. 
They beat Indy. Yeah, Taylor Heineke beat Green Bay. Went Indian into Indy and beat them. Lost to Minnesota, which they almost won. Which they yeah they could have won that game. And then went into Philadelphia and beat Philly and beat Philly. Like they legitimately almost beat the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah, in the Vikings and the Eagles. They did beat one of them. And they did beat one of them. Yeah. You can make a case that the Vikings are the best team in the NFL over Philly. You can make a case. I'm not saying they are, but I am saying you could make a case. NFC, I don't know if they're the best team in the NFL. Who do you think is? Chiefs? I'd probably give it to the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. They're, they're, I, mean, they're, I mean, they're just firing all, are firing on all cylinders right now. They piss me off because they have not skipped a beat. Uh-uh. They've literally had to revamp the offensive line. Did so pretty much seamlessly. Mm. They had to revamp the defense. Mm. Did so pretty much seamlessly. Then they had to revamp the wide receiver core. Yep. They've done so pretty much seamlessly. Yeah, them trading for Kadarius Tony. I don't know how they managed to pull that off. Who the hell in the league office keeps letting them do this? I don't know. I mean, I mean, the Giants allowing Kadarius Tony to leave after having him for a season is really the epitome of bad teams make bad decisions. He had to have just been, like, pissing on the carpet right in front of the GM's door. <laughs> like, daily. For real. He, ha- he had to have been doing something that just absolutely pissed everybody off every single day. Because um, he he's so damn electric. He's so good. Juju Smith-Schuster fits into that offense. Mm-hmm. They are utilizing him very well. Marquez Valdez-Scantling looks very good in there. Mikol Harmon's only benefit froming, benefit froming, it did, dude, words, words are fucking hard. Benefiting from it. Yeah, that part. Uh, clear, benefit froming. Clearly, clearly I couldn't get that one out. Tried twice and just said, nah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really the only problem with the Chiefs right now is they don't really have an identity with running the ball um, between Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, and CEH. They don't really have a guy who's really taking a stronghold on that. Probably um, Buffalo. Well, I mean, I mean, the problem with Buffalo is they've never been able to run the ball. Outside of Josh Allen. Outside of Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen even came out and said in a, in, you know, like a pregame meeting with, I, th- I think the game, I think they're in the Ravens game, that their running game is checkdowns. Like, that doesn't work in the NFL. Well, I mean, I mean, clearly it does. Clearly it does. Yeah, clear, clearly it's working for them. But, you know, that's not sustainable. You know, that's, that, it's just, I just don't know how. I don't know how something like that can be sustainable. You know, legitimately, the Buffalo Bills could be five and four right now with a two and three away record. Yeah, you know, I mean, Buffalo is struggling a little bit. I don't know what you attribute that to. Josh Allen is struggling right now. Yeah, he he is struggling. I think, like stemming from that injury to his elbow, um, I don't think it's affecting him greatly. But I think it's affecting him enough to where it's like, okay, well, this is a little bit of a nuisance. I think it's all mental. I think that it, I think it is too. He's throwing a lot of interceptions right now, whether it's bad reads, whether it's overconfidence, or whether it's just recklessness. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I I don't I don't think I would attribute it to recklessness. Maybe it's just overconfidence. See, and that's what I'm saying. Could be. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's like. He's like, yeah, fuck it, I can make that throw. 
which I mean, Josh Allen can make any throw in the NFL. His I mean, his progression from his first two years to his third year is insane. <clears throat> but I will say that was under the Brian Dable offense. Correct. Offense is a little bit different now. Um, so it it does kind of make you wonder how much of a difference Brian Dable made with Josh Allen, not necessarily hiding his recklessness with the football, because um, he was reckless. He was reckless in college. He was a he was reckless coming into the NFL. Kind of seems like it's getting drawn back out of him. Like the old habits are making their way back in. Did Brian Dable like a like a little bit of like a I guess like a QB whisper? I guess, I guess it's safe to call him that because he's made Daniel Jones look like he's halfway decent at the position. Um, like, was Brian? Da- how much of it was Brian Dable kind of uh, kind of mentoring and helping Josh Allen versus Josh Allen actually m- maturing as a quarterback? You know, I th- I think I think a lot of it does have to be a cre- uh, um, accredited to Brian Dable. I guess I think that you have to because you see what he's he's done with. Daniel Jones. Right. Um, I also think a big problem is is that his he is too over reliant on Stephon Diggs. Oh, I have the same criticism of Lamar Jackson with Mark Andrews. Well, right. And I had the same criticism with Lamar Jackson with Hollywood Brown. Yep. Little too reliant on him. Yeah, but but then again, you know, that's what happens when you go out and you trade for a guy of his caliber. You know, you're going you're going to rely on him to make the majority of the plays for you and to really help you out downfield. So, like I under like I understand that aspect of being overly reliant on a player, but you know, at the same time, you know, it is a little bit of a, is a little bit of a drawback to you. I think the big I think the big thing with with Buffalo is is they have no identity outside of Josh Allen. No. Josh Allen is the pass game. Josh Allen is the run game. Josh Allen is the offense. You could make the same argument for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not naive to that. But the Baltimore Ravens can at least run the ball outside of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And we're doing it with makeshift running backs. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look if you look at all the guys that we have that run the ball on a consistent... So, between... These are all the players who've carried the ball over 25 times. That would be J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Kenyon Drake, and Lamar Jackson. The lowest yards per carry of all those backs is J.K. Dobbins at three and a half yards a carry. Three and a half yards a carry is not bad. You'll yeah. take it. So you have him averaging three and a half yards a carry, Kenyon Drake averaging 4.7, Gus at 4.9, Justice Hill at five point nine, and then of course Lamar at seven point at seven and a half. Um, so so like you said, you know the Ravens they do have an identity with running the ball outside of Lamar Jackson. The same can't be said for Buffalo, and that hurts. It does because you know if you have if you already have a player who's a little bit in his head for whatever reason, Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a professional. He's been here before. He is one. He is. He might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's tough to say one way or another. Um. But you know on the whole you know. That like he is taking that offense as far as, like that offense goes as far as he takes them. Yeah. It's not that's that's not a question. And he's I mean, the he's the horse pulling the wagon. He really is, and I mean. You know, they have to get more production out of guys running the ball. 
in order to have more sustained success. You know, you can't be reliant on Josh Allen to run the ball every single damn play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if eventually Buffalo and Josh Allen does figure it out. They do get back to their winning ways. They're on a two-game skid right now. Um, you know, they have Cleveland this week. Buffalo could still end up like 12-5. and five. Yeah. Legitimately, they could. Thirteen and four. Um, according to CBS Sports, they have their win projections at about eleven eleven point eight wins. Well, I think they still have to play. I think they still have to play everybody in the division one more time. Yeah. So for the rest of the season, they have, of course they have Cleveland this week. Then they're on the road to the Detroit, so they'll be in Detroit for two straight weeks. Um, then they go on a three game stretch where they go to New England, at home for the Jets, at home for Miami. Then they go to Chicago, to Cincinnati, and finish it up with a game at home against New England. So they still have four division games to play, two against the team that's currently in the basement of that division. But it's only one game behind them. But it's one game behind them, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, that is a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, of course, playing Miami, playing the Jets. Chicago's playing a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and Cincinnati, you know, they're always going to be pesky. They'll have Jamar Chase back at that point as well. Yes, they will. And of, and of course, you know, having Bill Belichick still in New England, you know, that, that still always does give you an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely not going, I mean, they're not just going to run amok over everybody. Um, but, you know, it is, um, you know, they're at a point in their season where, you know, they're 6-3 and three right now. Um, you got to get back on the horse now because if you don't, it's gonna, it's, it could get rough quick. Yeah, I mean they're already zero and two in the division. Yep, you got four four division games coming up: two against New England, one one against New York, one against Miami. Everybody else already has a division win. Miami and New York already have two. They're both two and one. New England's one and one. You have got to at least go three and three in the division. Yeah, bare minimum. Yep. I mean, I mean the thing that plays into the into their advantage well is that every other team still has one loss at least in the division. Well, they all only have one loss in the division. They they legitimately they have to beat the Jets. And they have to beat the Dolphins. Yep. If they if they split with all of them and they go three and three, they're in they're in fine shape. Yeah. But so far, the Jets and the Dolphins are the two that have beaten them. Those are the two that are leading them. Yeah. In the division right now, so those are two must have wins for them. What the hell are we doing, computer? Don't do that. No. Bad. Bad. It just decided I wanted to pull up the commander schedule. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why. What? I, they're not even on my screen. I don't know how it pulled them up. Yeah. I mean, ult- ultimately. They're, they still have the second highest chance of making the playoffs along with the Ravens at 97.1%, according, again, according to CBS Sports. That's for the AFC, at least. Um, so, you know, they're still in pretty good position to make the playoffs. Um, but, you know, it's um, it's a tough road to head for Buffalo. It is a tough road. It it is a tough road. Um, as of right now, the playoff picture for uh, for the AFC sits. Kansas City has the first round bye. Excuse me. Uh, Miami Dolphins are number two. They would currently host the New England Patriots. Tennessee Titans are three, and they would currently host the Buffalo Bills, the sixth seed. And then at four and five, the Baltimore Ravens would host the New York Jets. So nothing's changed there. Mm-mm. Tennessee Titans did pick up a very big win last night in Lambeau on a Thursday night game where nobody knows what the hell to do with Christian Watson. Yeah, five um, touchdowns in in what four days? Five days? Yeah, he, he yeah he's definitely playing he's definitely playing really really well there in Green Bay. 
Um, but you know, Green Bay Green Bay's done. Yeah, they're the yeah. Yep, done. Yeah, just um four and seven. Yep, four and seven. I don't see I don't really see Aaron Rodgers picking up six wins over the last last half of the season in order to turn the turn of the round for him. And Minnesota's eight and one. Yeah. They're four and seven. Yeah. Not looking good. Yeah. Um one thing that I do know about Minnesota is that the way their schedule is set up over the last half of the season, it's not entirely the easiest. You know, they have I mean I mean, they're on a very favorable schedule a very favorable slate right now. At home for Dallas, New England, and the Jets. They have three straight home games. They go to Detroit. They get Indianapolis and the Giants at home. So right now they're getting ready to go on a stretch where they play five of their next six games at home. That's huge. That's huge for the program. And their three away games are all division games. Mm. So so yes, they are away games, but they're all games that they're comfortable playing in those stadiums. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you know the schedules. Do, the schedule does look tough for Minnesota, but ultimately, um, you know it's um, it's it's very it's very very winnable for that team. Yeah, very winnable for them. So in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles still do hold the number one seed even after the loss to the Commanders. Um, they hold the number one seed over the Minnesota Vikings, who are also eight and one. But that is Minnesota's only loss is to the Eagles. Yep. So they're knocking on the doorstep there. Um, so as it sits right now, San Francisco would go into Minnesota to play them in the first round. We would have the Dallas Cowboys going into Seattle to play them. And then the New York football giants heading into Tampa Bay for Daniel Jones versus Tom Brady matchup of the year. What? What are you laughing at? It's either Dak Prescott versus Geno Smith. That's a better matchup. That is a better matchup. Geno Smith is better than Dak Prescott. Geno Smith is better than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott kind of looks like but He's making a lot of stupid throws. You know who else has been making a lot of stupid throws? Uh, Andy Dalton? Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. They suck. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not going to hold back on it. <laughs> yeah, something, something that I read earlier today is that Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has been using verbiage at the line of scrimmage from his days in Seattle. Wrong team, partner. Yeah, so that definitely does not help the cause. Fun fact for you. Did you know if the Broncos uh, scored 20 points in every single, on all nine games, every single game that they've played, 20 points, they'd be 8-1. and one. Yeah. They're currently 3-6. and six. They would be 8-1 and one if they scored 20 points in every single game. So, you know, with as bad as that offense is, has been this season, it, hasn't Nathaniel Hackett, was, is, isn't he like an offensive coach? Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator of Green Bay last year. So let me ask you this. With as bad as that offense has been so far this season, how much longer do you think um, he's even there? He's been there three weeks too long. Okay, well... How long do you think he's going to be? How much longer do you think he will be there? <sighs> Until he loses again. One more loss and he's out. Think so? If they lose to Vegas this weekend, he's gone. If they win, as many wins as they get, it's as much time as he's bought himself. That's it. Like, straight up, his next loss, he's out. Hmm. Unless they ramble off, like, maybe, like, five. If they if they ramble off like five straight wins and they end up eight and six, then they drop one and they're eight and seven. I don't even know if that's actually possible. Fifteen games, yeah, it's possible. Okay, there you go. Let's see. They got 
They're home against Vegas, at Carolina, at Baltimore, home for Kansas City, home for Arizona, at at the Rams, at Kansas City, home against the Chargers. I think that's at least, I would say, three losses for sure. Baltimore and Kansas City choice? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I agree. Yeah, those are three losses for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, Denver's defense is really good, but you know, if you look at Baltimore's all, if you look at Baltimore's defense, their defense is so much better than their offenses. And I mean, our, like our offense can can outdo that defense. Yeah, they don't have Bradley Chubb anymore either. No. Yeah, I I think I think genuinely, um, I think genuinely he's he's off that team by week fourteen. At the latest, at the latest, yeah. You know, I really think it depends on how he loses. They they could squeak two two little like uh, squeakers out against the bay, against uh, the Raiders and Carolina, but then they're gonna drop two straight to Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, and then at that point, what what did I say their record would be? At that point, they'd be five and eight. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I do agree with you. I think if they do lose to Vegas this weekend, I think he is done. Um, you know Vegas, who's a team who's you know having their own troubles and who's having troubles in their own right. Um, excuse me. Um, what if that what if that Russell Wilson story is all fabricated for Nathaniel Hackett trying to save his job? Well, that was reported by Tyler Columbus, who is a radio show personality in Denver. Who played for Denver and Seattle, not with Russell Wilson, but he he's been picking up on that. Nathaniel Hackett claims to have not noticed. Oh, the old the old innocent role, huh? right? Right. He claims to have not noticed, but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, just Denver looks terrible. Russell Wilson looks terrible. Nathaniel Hackett looks like he's in over his head. Russell Wilson doesn't even have two thousand yards passing. No. Ugh. Their leading rusher is Melvin Gordon with 287 yards. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, this all this their offense has been abysmal. Get Pat Sertan out of there. He yeah. deserves better. He does. So does Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, you can play for Baltimore. He's hurt this weekend. Did, I didn't ask if he was okay physically. Mentally, I know he's not on that fucking team. Nobody is. God, no. I think I could go be more productive at quarterback. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Probably not, <laughs> but maybe. I don't know. It's not like they're getting a ton. <laughs> I, yeah. will, I will say Russell Wilson does have more passing yards than Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson has, he might have more rushing yards than their entire team. He probably does. 635 for Lamar Jackson. Let's see. He legitimately might. He probably does. I'm curious. 635 for Lamar. Come on. Come on, Lata. You can do it. 635 for Lamar. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, no. They have 932. Hmm. <laughs> pathetic. That is pathetic. You know, another coach that's been having some issues this year has been Josh McDaniels as well, the coach of the Raiders. You know, just go figure they're playing each other this weekend. Um, 
you know, talking about coaches that have been way, way in over their head, you know, Josh McDaniels was definitely one of them. Yeah, clearly he wasn't ready for another uh, shot at the helm. Yeah, I really don't think he is meant to be a head coach. And that's okay. Not everybody should be. Right. Not everybody should be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I, I just genuinely think he is prob- He is just a coordinator in the, in the NFL. I think the same thing with Nathaniel Hackett. Actually, yeah. I don't even know because he came from Green Bay where he had Aaron Rodgers, who is Aaron Rodgers, who probably and Matt takes— Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur, who's supposedly an offensive genius. So. Right. I don't know how much Nathaniel Hackett actually did, but yeah, uh, Josh McDaniels doesn't look like he should be a head coach in the NFL, and that's okay. Yeah, and you know, a real problem for the Raiders is, and, and I mean, a lot of people are probably thinking, okay, well, you know, they got Devontae Adams, Derek Carr was supposed to take that next step forward, Josh Jacobs is running the hell out of the ball, he's looking really, really good, um, you know, they added Chandler Jones, you know, shouldn't this team be a playoff team? Yeah, they they haven't really lost anybody. They've only added two very key pieces in Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Yeah, and I mean the pro- the problem is that they they paid Chandler Jones all this money, and he's only turned in one and a half sacks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there because he literally had like five sacks in one game last year. Yeah, um, which is insane. But the problem is, you know, you see this talented roster that they have, and wouldn't you think to yourself, like, okay, shouldn't this team? Uh, be better. Should be. Well, they're not better. No. They so why don't they just go ahead and get rid of the get rid of the main problem? That would make sense to me. That would make sense. But there was a report that came out this week. Um, is that the reason why there has not been a coaching change for Vegas is because financially they can't afford to do it. What do you mean by that? So. Of course, they gave John Gruden this massive hundred million dollar contract to be the coach of the Ra- to be their coach when he was still in Oakland. Of course, he was unceremoniously fired for saying things that he shouldn't have in emails, which is his own goddamn fault. But that's that's not what we're here to talk about. Play a stupid game, win a stupid prize. Bingo. Um. So of course, they still do have to pay him that deal because I think it was majority guaranteed. Because everybody thought, okay, here comes John Gruden again. You know, let's get him in here. He's. I think. I think. I think the mindset was, what's the worst that can happen? And of course, the worst did happen. They had to fire him. Yeah, I think. I think the worst did happen for the for the organization. For the yeah, exactly for the organization, the worst happened. So you know, you bring in Josh McDaniels, and you know, you're still paying another coach. Well, if you fire him, you got to hire another one. Financially, they can't afford to hire. And they can't afford to pay three coaches at once. Three head coaches at one time. That's sick. I wish they would. They should do that. I mean, that that would be a Raiders move. But ultimately, he's not gonna. He's not getting fired until next year at the at the earliest. <laughs> Idiots. So, I mean, ultimately, I think next year is it, I, next year. He'll be the first coach to get fired. I'm not even that bad with my money, and I'm pretty bad with my money. Yeah, I like. <laughs> That's that is just the epitome of bad team, bad decision. <laughs> That's pretty bad with your money. Yeah, like that, like that is being very, very bad with your money. Like they, 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 deser- they I mean, they, des- they deserve to have a bad head coach in that in that regard. <laughs> Idiots. Um. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just a re- just a report that I saw earlier in the week. No, some, I love it. Some people are probably thinking, okay, well, he's a lot to get fired. Well, he's actually not. He should be. Yeah. But he isn't. Yeah. 
All right, well, let me hear your money line and uh, and spread for the week. What gotcha. do you got? What do you got for me, dog? Okay, so my money line this week, um, you know, I'm gonna roll with a hot hand. Um, they picked up a massive win this past Sunday on arguably the best game of the year. I'm gonna roll with the Vikings. Sick, sitting at plus one hundred eight at home. They're a home underdog to the Dallas Cowboys. Are they really? By one and a half points. That's insanity. So I'm going to go ahead and take them straight up. Um, you know, I think the Vikings will end up pulling that one out against um, against Dallas. Justin Jefferson going to go for fucking 297 yards against Trayvon Diggs. That's a bad man. <clears throat> That's a bad man. And, you know, what's really helping the Vikings, so, especially now, is Dalvin Cooks getting his footing. Dalvin Cook's getting going. So now so now if you have your star running back getting going, you know, he he hasn't had to carry the brunt of the load here this season this so far this season. Um you know, they've been passing the hell out of the ball. Justin Jefferson's starting to come alive in the nighttime as well. Um Yeah, he's going off. This is a perfect recipe. This is the perfect opportunity for Dalvin Cook to go ahead and say, Okay, well, here we go. Throw it on my back. Let me do my thing. I'll take it home. So I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Uh, again, just roll with the hot hand. Uh, for my spread, uh, I was a little taken back by this when I first saw it, but you know what? I figured, fuck it. I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm going with the Ravens minus 13. Shoo! Yeah, that Panthers team is not good. Typically, when you see a number that high, you always want to take the, you always want to take the plus points. Exactly. Yeah, t- typically, typically, I would want to take the plus 13. But, you know, if you really think about it, you know, the the Ravens, they're coming off of a bye week, um, <clears throat> coming off of a great Monday night win where the defense really showed out against, against New Orleans. They're great. getting healthy. And they're getting healthy. And Roquan Smith has had another two weeks to get used to the defense. You're giving everybody another two weeks to gel together. This team, honestly, biased aside, I do not want to play the Ravens. You shouldn't, because you don't play football. If you're playing the Ravens, you fucked up somewhere. Right. If if I if I end up on the field against the Ravens, number one, I call for help. N- number one, someone deserves to get fired because I have no <laughs> business being on a football field. Number two, please call for help immediately. Number two, please call for help. <laughs> call my mom because I am because I'm gonna need it. No, all joking aside, the Ravens are the are the one team that I do not want to see right now. Again, because you know they're getting healthy. The defense is really starting to show out. And they still have the great eight in Lamar Jackson. I shouldn't be, I should not I should not be using Alexander Ovechkin's nickname for Lamar Jackson. You but you, menace. I I know, I know. How dare you. But we still have LJ Freaky. My dog. The point the point is, I mean, in all likelihood, I don't think the Ravens have Mark Andrews this Sunday. He's still coming back, and they're still not 100% sure on how he's going to be. I'd With, rest him. We don't need him. I would rest him, too, but the way Isaiah likely has been playing, um, you know, I think you could trust Isaiah likely to go out and really do his thing. Um, so I think um, the Ravens will cover 13 points. Minus 13. That's yeah. sick. Um, so for my money line, 
I actually have the New York Jets upsetting the New England Patriots at home. Really? I'm taking the Jets at plus 148. Okay. Something about the Jets, they're playing very good. The defense is playing very well. Um, is it the defense of the Jets or it's the uncertainty at the, at the quarterback position? For, for the, the Patriots. Pa- for the Patriots. Little column A, little column B. Okay. Um, if Mac Jones starts, Jets win. If Bailey Zappi starts, New England could potentially win. I don't know what I, I think it's I think it's genuinely we talk about it all the time, the mental um lack of mental fortitude of a of a young quarterback in the NFL. They need the stability, they need the helping and the guiding hand behind them. Mac Jones mental is not currently fortitude. Happy. Yeah. SAT word on your ass. That is an SAT word. <clears throat> anyway, continue. Uh, Mac Jones currently does not help have that uh, that helping hand, that guiding hand behind him. Uh, the city of New England has completely bailed on him. Uh, they they literally cheer when Bailey Zappi comes into the game. Yeah, like the the crowd erupts. Mac Jones has lost the crowd. I think he's lost the team. And most importantly, I think he's lost Bill Belichick. Mm. When you lose the head coach, you're fucked. Mm. Okay. I think this is Bailey Zappi's team moving forward. I think Mac Jones uh, goes down as the biggest bust of that draft class. Wow. Okay. Dude, I mean, you think about it. Like, he literally was coming off a phenomenal season at Alabama. He was he was potentially going to the 49ers at what was it three? What was that they moved up to? They moved up to three to get Trey Lance or whatever it was. Yeah, three. Like there was talks about him going to three. He ended up falling back in the draft and got drafted to New England. Everyone's like, oh, good night. And there was even rumors that New England was going to try and move up to get him. And yeah, and it's like, oh, he's got Bill Belichick. He's got a nice stable team over there. Typically, these quarterbacks, they come in, they get drafted to these shit teams. Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Justin Fields to Chicago. Like, oh, good night. He's completely, he's done in New England. You know, I, th- I think a real big problem that he does have is the lack of not having an offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's no good for anybody. You know, with having Matt Patricia... A defensive coordinator. A def- yeah, a guy who was a defensive coordinator. And Joe Judge. And Joe Judge. Who was a, a failed head coach. And also a special teams coordinator. And a special teams coordinator. Yeah. Well, Matt Patricia was a failed head coach, too. But anyway, they were both... Um, Only know, furthers, my, furthers my point. Yeah. Neither of them were offensive coaches when they were, when they were head coaches. Um, so... You know, to trust them to really guide a sophomore quarterback. Yeah, it, I mean, it it definitely is a questionable decision. Um, I think a lot of people questioned not having an offensive coordinator. I did. I, I, I did, too. And who the hell are we? Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, in, you know, you know going, going to that draft class, you know, Again, you know, I think this is like the third week in a row that we've talked about them. And, you know, furthering the point that I made, Justin Fields is the best one. I agree. I agree. Justin Fields is the best um, over Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence has had more help than Justin Fields has. And Justin Fields isn't too far behind. So by that, 
by that metric, I give Justin Fields the edge. But, anywho, New York Jets go into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. I like that. Uh, that's plus 148. Okay. Um, and then for my spread, didn't know, uh, didn't know this when I took it, but uh, I alluded to it earlier with Devin, or, uh, Derek Stingley being out. Terry McLaurin having himself a gay day. Uh, Washington Commanders, minus three at minus 115. Okay. I I didn't know. I didn't know Stingley was going to be out, uh, but he is going to be out. He's been underutilized so far in that defense as well. Yeah, he's, a, he's a man coverage corner. Yeah. Okay. How would you like to play zone? Well, I wouldn't. Well, I don't, but I want to be on the field, so sure. <laughs> I'd like to play man if if at all possible, Levy. Right. No. No, we're going to play zone. Uh-uh. No, sir. Uh-uh. uh Not happening. So that's my money line and spread. Got the Jets, got the Commanders. It's going to be a good weekend. It is going to be a good weekend. Um, can I tell you what I'm really most excited for this weekend? Uh, seeing your girlfriend? Okay, yes. I am very, very excited to see my girlfriend this weekend. You got, <laughs> you, you got me there. You've bested me. You've, yep, you, you bested me there. In sports, you know what I am legitimately very, very excited for? The XFL? No. <laughs> Sunday at 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. The World Cup kicks off. Great success. You don't seem as jazzed up as I am. I just I don't follow soccer that much. I don't follow so- I don't follow soccer like that either. But I do get I do get I do get my rocks off to the World Cup. <laughs> That's a sentence. I was going to say something else, but I decided to du- I decided to dumb it down. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you. Because you already you already teetered with it. Yeah. Um. So you know, I'm you know I'm I'm really excited for the World Cup. Um, you know, hope, hoping the United States can do something. I don't know. I don't know what they what they will do, but you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see all these all these teams playing at the highest level, um, playing for the opportunity to win the uh, to win the soccer Lombardi Trophy, as Pat McAfee alluded to it earlier today. Pat McAfee is a national treasure. Um. So no, I'm very very excited for uh, for game one of the World Cup. It's Qatar, the host country, versus Ecuador. Um, is that normally how it goes? Does the host country normally play first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a couple of years, the United States will play. Yeah, the United the United States will kick off. We're going to one of those games, right? Uh yeah, Philly. That's the one I want to go to. Perfect. Yeah, I don't I don't care who plays. I just want to go. I just want to go to the one in Philly. Uh, yeah, I just I want to go to a to a World Cup game. When are, when are we going to have a chance again? Exactly. Exactly. Got to take advantage of while it's here. Um, and then Monday, uh, for people who are, for, for are going to be looking forward to watching the World Cup, um, I mean, of course, my line sticks with the United States. The United States plays Wales at 2 o'clock on Monday on Fox. So 2 o'clock on Monday, uh, I'll be um, watching that. Yeah, uh, United States has a pretty uh, a pretty decent pool that they play in. It is uh, it's us, it is England, Wales, and Israel, I believe. Iran, 
Iran, that's what it is. Um, it's largely regarded that we're going to beat Iran. Uh, we should beat Wales. Um, and then most people think England is one of the top teams in the World Cup this year. So they think we'll probably end up dropping to England. Uh, we'll be 2-1 and one in pool play. And then should make it into the knockout round where hopefully we can just win um, just win a game. We are the youngest team in the World Cup. Um, so a little bit of experience would go a long way for these young men. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully we can at least get out of, uh, out of the group stage, get into the knockout round, and, uh, and get a little, ex- little experience. It, it'll just be good. I mean, considering last year we didn't even get out. I don't, did we, we didn't even get out of group play. We didn't make the World Cup. Okay, there you go. We didn't even make the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The last World Cup the United States men did, did not even qualify. Yeah, so we've already we've already made an advancement. Um, so getting getting to the knockout round, potentially winning a game, huge for the program. You know, the United States is currently listed as they're currently listed as one of the bottom feeders in the World Cup, uh, just based on their youth alone. Um. But Christian Pulisic, yeah, is a dog. Yeah, that I mean, I mean that that, I mean Holman alluded to it. Christian uh, Pulisic, Pulisic. I've heard I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, he is he he's the he is Captain America. That's he, sick. He he is he he's the ca- captain of the team. That's America's ass. That's America's ass. <laughs> That's America's ass. No, um. You know, the thing that really gets me most excited about the United States men's team is that, yes, they are the youngest team in the tournament right now. Give it four years. These players are going to get better. We're going to add more talent. United, the United States men's soccer team is not going to be the laughing stocks that it has been in years past. Hopefully not. Wouldn't it be some shit if we win the World Cup when it's hosted in, the, in North America? You could see the fire from across the ocean. <laughs> you really could. England, England would have a uh, a flashback. Yes. Of what? When we separated from them. Oh well. Started the Revolutionary War. Le- legitimately, if we, if the United States men wins the World Cup when it finally come when it finally is hosted in North America in 2026 which is a, it's a joint bid between with us Canada and Mexico the city of Philadelphia will no longer be standing oh god no <laughs> the whole city will burn down oh oh be, oh best believe so since it's the newest stadium in the in the country i want to say that the Final is probably going to be held in SoFi. Bastards. It'll probably be in SoFi or AT and T in in uh, Texas. Jerry World. In Jerry World, which that would one of the two. I think probably Jerry World because that can that can hold a hundred thousand plus. Dude, could you imagine those soccer fans down in New Orleans in the Superdome? I want to say that's one of the host sites. Holy shit! Like you think they get loud for NFL games? Soccer games are ridiculous. Those soccer matches, those fans get wild. Could you imagine the Superdome filled with a bunch of boozed up people visiting 
New Orleans. Wouldn't that be sick? God bless. And you know, um, I almost want that to happen just just for the news articles. They're actually going to be expanding that World Cup to 48 teams. Whack. Um, right now it's a 32. So more teams are going to get into the tournament uh, for the 2026 World Cup. Um, what? Oh, just, just vibing. I'm listening. Um, so this is going to be... Um, this is gonna be uh this is gonna be some shit. Um, let's see. The locations are Study Azteca, that's in Mexico City, MetLife, ATT, Arrowhead, NRG, SoFi. Um, Mercedes Benz in Atlanta, Lincoln Financial, Lumen. Levi Stadium, Gillette, Hard Rock, uh, BC Pal- BC Place in Vancouver, Estadio BBVA in Monterey, Mexico, Estadio Akron in Guadalajara, and BMO in Toronto. Uh, let's see. Highest capacity. So if I hold 70. It'll. Fire will probably be in Dallas. So it's, it's expandable to 105,000. I highly doubt that it'll be in Mexico. I, ju- I just doubt it will be. Regardless, we're talking about this World Cup. I'm very excited. I got to get my bet in for the United States while I can because they're going up plus 10,000. If it works out, it works out. It probably won't because I'm not really on a big hot streak right now. No, you're not. Um, But it is what it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then we just got one more quick little uh, little tidbit um, on the NBA here. Uh, the, the new Kings of Cali are in. It's the Sacramento Kings. They currently are the best team in the state of California, which is crazy. For those of you that don't know, all the king or all the uh, teams in California are the Sacramento Kings. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody knows them. I think everybody knows the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers as well. And oh yeah, the the reigning champs, uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um. Kind of just give you a quick little rundown of how the NBA is going. Um. The right, Lakers suck. Right now, Boston is the best team in the league. They currently own a 12 and 3 record, followed by Milwaukee at 11 11 and 3 to run down the rest of the East. Atlanta's in third. Cleveland's in fourth. Toronto currently sits in fifth. Indiana is in sixth. Uh, Washington, seventh. New York, eight. Philadelphia, nine. Miami, 10. That rounds out the play in. And then uh, your bottom five in the East are Brooklyn, Chicago, Orlando, Charlotte, and Detroit, who is the second worst team in the league record-wise. Heading out West, Portland uh, is number one at sitting at 10-5. Phoenix and Denver are currently tied um, at 9-5. Utah sits in fourth. Utah has been a really, really surprising team. Sold, yeah. sold a lot of their players this this offseason. And uh, they're currently sitting in fourth place, um, followed by New Orleans and Memphis. 
Uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10 goes Dallas, Sacramento, the Clippers, and Minnesota. And then your bottom feeders out west are Oklahoma City, Golden State, San Antonio, the Lakers, and Houston, who is the worst team in the league with a 200 winning percentage. No, I'm sorry. Detroit is worse. They're at 188. So Detroit is the worst team in the league right now, record-wise. Ballin'. Ballin'. <laughs> Good heavens. So we are getting that much closer to finding out who drafts Victor Wimbanyama. Which I pray the Lakers win the lottery. And they have to end the and they have to watch the Pelicans take their pick and pick, take one Banyama. <laughs> I that 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 is just like like and I and I want Le, I want I want LeBron to succeed. I do. I th- I think the rest of the NBA wants LeBron to succeed as well. But I think everybody wants the Lakers to fail. God, I just really want to see this pick not go. To, I really want them to win the lottery and they can't and they can't use the pick, especially for how hit hit or miss Anthony Davis has been for him. Right. That that's 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 really what's what's getting going with it. Good night. Well, buddy, that's all I got for the people this week. I don't know if that's all you got. That's all I got, man. <clears throat> so it's good to be back in here. Uh sorry if the production quality's a little off this week. Um with, you know, uh migrating equipment. Um some things got moved around on the on the soundboard there. Holman kept flipping his fucking microphone backwards. I did that once, and it's because it didn't sound right, all right? Jeez. I got out of my comfort zone one time, and I get yelled at for it. You look like you were about to fart, and you said you decided to meow. Nah. Interesting. <laughs> the people are going to hear that, too. <laughs> all right. We've officially lost fucking Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, once again, sorry for any uh, any issues. We're We're going to hopefully get it dialed back in here, but... We will catch you guys potentially next week. Uh, next week is Thursday. Um, so happy Thanksgiving in advance. Enjoy uh, this Sunday's football. Enjoy football on Thursday. Enjoy time with the family. Um, as long as you know you guys do celebrate Thanksgiving and do enjoy it. I know I do. Um, I love eating a shit ton of mashed potatoes and then sitting on the couch regretting my choice um, while I watch the Detroit Lions get the shit kicked out of them. Well, luckily, Detroit plays at 12 o'clock every Thanksgiving, so you, normally you're not eating by the time they're losing. You don't know how I live my life. Um, That's fair. I could be, I could be belly button deep in mashed potatoes by 12 o'clock. I don't know why you're <laughs> buying enough mashed potatoes to literally go belly button deep in fucking mashed potatoes, but that's on, that's on you, dude. You have meowed twice into the mic. I don't want judgment from you. Don't tell me. Don't let me tell you how to live your life. Exactly. You just go ahead and uh, do what you do. <laughs> you do you. You do you. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. You guys have a good holiday, and uh, stay safe. Yep. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>